It is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. You are tuned into the Big Vito brand, the Big V Mafia here at Twitch.tv. I am your host, Dr. Jargo, PhD, and I'm joined alongside the main event, the former WCW World Hardcore Champion, Big Vito LaGrasso. Welcome back to your show, my man. What's going on? Everything is uh, getting back to normal slowly but surely. I hope everybody was safe in the storm. Uh, a lot of things happening in sports, Mr. Jargo, and I know you are anxious for what I got for you. We are starting out in football today, okay? And we're going to start out with the quarterbacks. And we're calling back uh, uh, Cooper Rush, Dallas Cowboys. The new Tom Brady is, as the people of Dallas wants you to believe. Now, there are guys who are shitting on this kid, and he's 4-0. Namely, Stephen A. Smith. Oh, I thought you were going to say namely Jerry Jones. No. You know, what kills me is the guy's 4-0. He's playing great football. And they're saying, oh, we can't ride this guy and we can't have this. But the guy's 4-0. Dak Prescott is the shits. Jerry Jones came out. He's counting the days until Dak Prescott is back. And I just, I, I don't understand it. You have the most overpaid quarterback in football, not named Russell Wilson currently. And then you have a guy who's four and oh, and they're in first place and they're playing like they're supposed to. And everybody's flowing in the offense. But on the flip side, if you invest 45 million a year in a quarterback, are you supposed to put him on the bench? Well, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys benefited from this back in the day. I mean, if we remember Drew Bledsoe goes down, Tom Brady comes in. Drew Bledsoe goes to the Dallas Cowboys, and he had a nice run down there in Dallas. They didn't win any Super Bowls, but it was a nice run. They were making the playoffs. Like, they weren't awful. They were still respectable as a franchise. Like, Dallas has seen this from the other side, too. It seems like we may have that kind of situation going on here, Vito. How do you bench this kid if all he does is keep winning? Now, I'm going to bring back another quarterback who I always say was a great quarterback but never won anything is Tony Romo. Right yeah. now, Tony Romo, if I remember, was Roger Starback's next in line. No, he was Bledsoe's next in line. Okay, okay. Starback was you're going back to Aikman. Okay, that's right. It was Starback, Aikman, Bledsoe. Got it. Okay. So when you talk about quarterbacks that they've developed, we're talking development here. The Dallas Cowboys have developed quite. A quite a quartet of star-studded quarterbacks. Now, statistic-wise, they're good. Championship-wise, uh, we're on the fence. I mean, do you buy the Dallas Cowboys at this point? And you, you did misspeak, Vito. They're not in first place. They're still a game behind Philly, who is somehow unbeaten. All right, but that's the Philly is still oh, rocking and rolling five and zero. No, I mean Philly is playing lights out. You know, and uh, you got to give it to them, but they're not going to run the season five and zero. They're not going to go eight and zero. They're not going to go ten and zero. There's, I figure, their final record is going to be eleven and six. So you think that the Eagles are in fact a playoff team? Yeah, the way they're playing right now, what we have, playoff team. I could see them winning the division. I don't see Washington. Now, the Giants, 
A lot of people are saying, oh, wow, the Giants are – the Giants could be a flash in the pan because usually what happens is they start good and then they fade. Eli Manning era, right? But the thing with the Giants was they won playoff games and they won championships. They certainly did. They certainly did. I I don't buy the Eli Manning thing. I've never bought the Eli Manning thing. He's like the most overachieving quarterback I think I've ever you are, seen. You are absolutely right. Is he the most skilled? No. I mean, Dan Marino, Scott, right. you, know, you know, a lot of guys out there, Troy Aikman, you talk about guys who got, you know, mad stats. Uh, let's let's bring somebody in the mix who's an awesome quarterback is Drew Brees. Drew Brees has won one championship. It's Drew hard to Brees. win championships, Vito. I mean, it's the okay. hardest thing in sports, obviously, for a reason, right? And then we got that kid in Green Bay. I say kid in Green Bay, he has only one chip. Yep. So how do you rank Eli Manning and how do you rank those two? And Eli Manning is a 500 quarterback for his career. Yeah. He Iron Man quarterback and I think they they jobbed him on those on that on that thing when they should have just left him alone. They should have gave him the Derek Jeter treatment, let him finish the season, let him be and then retire. They did How many for- teams in the yeah. NFC East do you think are going to make the playoffs? Because right now we have the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 5 and 0, the right. Dallas Cowboys at 4 and 1, the New York Giants at 4 and 1. I mean, I I I was only counting on one team from this division making the playoffs, and all of a sudden we have three teams that are sitting, you know, front and center. But what everybody is re- failing to realize including you, my young protege, is that this division is, if we're going to win six, everybody's winning six. If we're going to win 10, everybody's going to win 10. If you notice the history of this division, either they're all good or they all the shits. I got to say, as I look at Philly's schedule, they do have a beneficial schedule because they have the Steelers, who are obviously down – at Texans, who are down. At Colts, who are down. The Packers, I don't think anybody necessarily knows what in the world's going on. They also got the Bears on the schedule. They got the Saints on the schedule. Like, Philly, because they were so bad last year, has a beneficial schedule this year. There's a lot of winnable games on here on the Philly schedule, and then they're going to get to the playoffs, and they're going to get smoked. Exactly. Now, Let's go to the other side of my my uh, men of business forum. How about the hit on Tom Brady? Was it warranted to get a penalty or was it not? My well, theory, my theory before you go, the Tua situation in Miami created this situation. If that didn't happen, Tom Brady gets no penalty. Well, and even more egregiously, last night we saw it with the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs and, and the Las Vegas yes. Raiders. Yes, yes, and yes. I, I think you're exactly right. I think this is all just downhill traffic from the Tua Tonga-Vailoa thing. Um, I don't know, man, because to me, neither one of those were a penalty. Like, neither one. As I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, I don't think either one of those are a penalty. But in the 2022 NFL yeah, I guess. I mean, you know what it is? They're just so babied now, Vito. Yeah, but you got to remember something. Concussions are a big factor in health. 
concussions control your life? How many big time hits can you take? And when we see head to head contact in football, right? Now you're talking that's with helmets. Let alone how many head to head hits do you go in full speed in a wrestling ring and you're coming off those ropes and you're hitting somebody with a honey of a clothesline and you're a big, strong guy. And if you know how to land it right, the impact of that, and you're going down and snapping your neck back. Same concept. Same concept. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. And we talked about the Tua thing, and it's like, bro, tuck your head. Right? Like, I mean, his head was just getting slammed into that damn turf. These were a little bit different, though. Like, did you think either one of these was a dirty hit, Vito? The Tom Brady was questionable. I'll tell you why. Because the guy did throw him down, right? He could have went with him down, but he slung him down. So that's where the question comes. See, I, saw the, I guess I, I question which is even better, right? Because, I mean, do you want to go down on top of Tom Brady? Or is it better to just try to throw him five yards? Bro, you know, football is a strange game because when your momentum and your adrenaline is going, you're just like, you're looking to kill, you're looking to destroy, seek and destroy. So that's what I'm saying. I think it takes more restraint to actually like toss him so you don't come down on top of him. I think you're more likely to get flagged coming down on top of somebody like Tom Brady, where it looks like you're drilling him into the ground versus you just kind of give him a toss and oh, damn, he fell over. I think they're looking at the head snap. And when they hit, the head hits the ground, that's the that's the flag. Now, to play on Derek Carr last night, he actually had his hand down and he was trying to get his fall. But the guy kind of let him go and he ran over him, like you were saying. Okay? And they still call the penalty. Yeah, because, I mean, like, if, if this is Reggie White back in the day, if this is Bruce Smith back in the day, they're drilling that dude into the turf. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, that's the quarterback controversy we're having, you know, along with, you know, some other interesting, you know, developments with uh, guys with competition. Um, let's look at uh, the Patriots, right? All of a sudden, there's another quarterback controversy. Bill Belichick stirring the pot, working his magic, trying to get back on the winning mojo. What do you think about the situation down in the Patriot land? I feel like it's a lost cause. I mean, as I'm looking at this division, right, Vito, do you think there's any chance that the Patriots roster is good enough to make a playoff run? I mean, you got the Buffalo Bills who everybody, there's a lot of people that like Buffalo to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Yes. The New York football Jets, your Jets coming along three and two. I mean, they're not necessarily great, but they're not necessarily awful. No I think they're better than New England. Mm-hmm. As I look at those rosters and then the Miami Dolphins, I mean, who knows what's going on with Miami right now? Are they going to get Tua back? Are they not going to get Tua back? I, I don't even see where New England plays into this division right now. So the Jets are open. Now, I was going to bring up the Jets. I thought they had a great game. I mean, they were playing a third string quarterback, right? But the defense played the way they're advertised. And they did Showed a up. great game, just like the Giants. The Giants played a great game. You just don't win three and four games in the beginning of the year because you're lucky, you know. So we will see what happens. I mean, Tom Brady, you know, if you had to put your money on a quarterback in a game, you say, okay, I'm going to bet Tom Brady all day. You know what I mean? Because you, you never give him 
you never give him the out and say, yeah, he ain't winning. When that guy is on and he's concentrating, you already know three touchdowns, 300 yards. You already know it. Yeah, but I feel like the thing with Brady is Brady is more methodical, right? Like I, I, I take Brady if I'm going into the second half. Right. Like I I feel like he, he will just systematically pick you apart. If I need one guy inside of two minutes to go win me a game, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Really? Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. In that uh, scenario. Like if you're down three, or let's say you're down four, you gotta get a touchdown. And now you're inside of two minutes to play in, in that game, I will take Aaron Rodgers. So you say Aaron Rodgers for seven, Tom Brady for three. Yep, absolutely. Or, I mean, if you're down, you know, three touchdowns going into the second half, I want Tom Brady to start the second half because Tom Brady will systematically just completely pick you apart. But when it comes down to crunch time and you have to get that score, I take Aaron Rodgers. That's a good analogy. Guys, don't forget to subscribe, sub, and follow. Check us out on YouTube, the Big Beto brand, TikTok, when we are sharing exclusive ECW house show matches. Guys, I, uh, Noel and I, or me mostly, initiated a great trade, my WCW jacket, Nitro jacket, for all ECW house video. Wow, that's dope. What's the quality? Is it good? Yeah, it's Rob Feinstein, total gentleman, did me a solid did my wife nice. solid. My wife is the one, uh, Miss Noel is the one who f- facilitated the deal because I had the jacket and he couldn't do anything with the tapes. I own all the footage of all the house shows. That's awesome. Yeah. So she's going through it right now. And we'll put, we just put up Steve Carino, Skull Von Crush. So good match, you know, and uh, guys, I hope you enjoy it. Let's turn on, let's turn our right, video. I, I got to say before, before we move on. Steve Carino might be the most underrated mind in professional wrestling over the course of the last 30 years. I love me some Steve Carino. That guy's psychology, just chef's kiss. Great stuff. Yeah. Hey, Paul, you don't have to pay me, but I'll take the ECW title. I didn't say anything. Let's move on. All right. As Steve knows, you know, what's funny is that I'll give you a Steve Carino story real quick. We're driving, uh, we're on a trip to the Carolinas, and uh, we start out uh, back east, and we go to the Carolinas, and uh, we go to uh, the Carinos. So I meet his mom and dad, and me and Mr. Carino hit it off fabulously, and I told him I I loved that uh, he had Lincoln Continentals, he had cars. And uh, I said, oh, my God, you got the best car. Dude, I love this car. This is beautiful. He said, Vito, would you like to take it on your trip? Right? So I was like, are you serious? He says, yeah, Vito. He says, take the car on the trip. He says, you know, have a good time. Steve never got the family car up until that point. No lie, no shit. He says, how did the hell did this happen? He says, you come to my house and you get the family car. <laughs> right? So. We still laugh about that today. And then that trip with the car, it's a whole different segment, a whole different story. So we'll leave that for later. All right. We oh, man, are- we, we have a whole series of show about Steve Carino's st- stories, and I would be incredibly entertained. Bro, I got stories about Steve Carino that would like. 
I love me some Steve Carino. Oh, my God. All right. Now, we are going to turn our attention to basketball, okay, <laughs> where we had Jordan Poole, Draymond Green controversy with the sucker punch from hell. <laughs> Mr. Jago, what do you think of that scenario with the Warriors? It's Draymond Green. Was he right in mean, throwing that hand? No, of course he wasn't right. Can he justify it? Absolutely. But it's, it's never the right thing to just haul off and punch your, your teammate, right? Like, I can't think what? of a good scenario where you're going to haul off and punch your teammate. Now, what was the what was the gist of him punching him? Do you have the inside scoop? I mean, my understanding was it was just practice, right? Right. Like I haven't heard any big details of why watched, this went down. I watched the video. I saw it, and he was Jeremon was drawn from the side. He walked on Bob Pool, got him in his face. Pool pushed him, and he sucker punched him so good. And it was like that. That was so ghetto. It wasn't even funny. But doesn't it seem like this is like a culmination of stuff? Like. This even seems a little out of character for Draymond. Like, it's not out of character for Draymond to go after somebody, but there's normally a history as to why Draymond is going after you someone. You want to know my thinking on why? Is it just to toughen this kid up? Because no. Jordan Poole needs it. No. Jordan Poole's the future of the Warriors, along with Andrew Wiggins, right? Draymond is up for his negotiating his contract. So when you look at a young kid coming up and you've been the, the old G for a long time and here's this kid and he's cutting into your money, you know you're not going to be with the Warriors next year, you'd be a little pissed off. Being that he already had a big thing with uh, Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant is supposedly supposed to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Another he, guy who's soft, by the way. Right. So he's our generation's Dennis Rodman and he's, Dennis, he's Draymond Green. The big thing was right. that Draymond Green wants to go play for your Lakers. I that does not work. Yes, it does. I don't think it does. Do you want I me don't to tell, think you it want does. me to tell you want me to tell you something? Okay. If the Lakers could do a deal where they got Draymond Green, okay. Now, you talk about having the dogs, right? Patrick Beverly. Draymond Green, Westbrook, LeBron, Anthony Davis. You tell me what is a tougher starting five that reminds me of the old Knicks. I just, I don't see it, man. I just don't see it. I mean, I, I like Draymond more inside of the context that he doesn't have to go out and score points. Like there's plenty of point scoring to go around for the Los Angeles Lakers, though you right. wouldn't know it if you have watched these preseason games. You could use somebody like Draymond Green. I just don't think that personality works with all those other personalities that you just named off. I think right. Draymond Green and Anthony Davis would be throwing hands within about three weeks. But you, you see, but when you have tenacity and you have that nasty, Patrick Beverly's a dog, right? Oh, yeah. You, Pat Pat Bev is the dog of all dogs. And then you have Draymond Green right behind him. And then you're instigating Westbrook to play like them. What better three-headed monster is there than those guys? 
And you left out LeBron James. Right. That's not even including LeBron. I'm just talking about those three guys. Right? Speaking of LeBron, I, I may have some homework for you, Vito. Go ahead. Did you see this new documentary on Netflix about the Redeem team? No, I did not. So it's all about, you know, the 2008 U.S. Olympic team. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this documentary and it brings up so many questions about what that team started because I'm looking at that team and I'm seeing Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and all these guys that started this player mobility thing is what they like to call right. it. Right. Does any of that happen if it's not for that redeem team, as they like to call it? It's really interesting, some of the questions that are posed inside of the documentary and then coming out of the documentary. And plus, you get to see a very interesting era of Kobe Bryant live, which now, is uh, a lot of fun. I'm going to ask a question, and I know where my money's going. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, the dream team or the redeem team? Who do you win? Who do you pick to win? I take the dream team because of the experience of the dream team. Now, if you were talking the redeem team, like three to four years after that team was put together, when Dwayne Wade became Dwayne Wade, when Carmelo Anthony became Carmelo Anthony, instead of like, you know, coming straight off of their rookie season, as those guys got some more experience, that game would have been a lot more interesting. But because of the experience factor alone, I take the dream team. Can you imagine Larry Bird lighting up LeBron? Oh my God, yes. I imagine right. that on a very, very regular basis, Vito. Right, you talk about like, and you had Chris Mullen sitting in the background, right? Not right. even on the top five, and you had Carl Malone, Stockton, you had, you know, Michael Jordan, you had Magic. Those guys couldn't stack up. And the thing that those guys had was chemistry, yeah. right? Like watching this this redeem team come together, along with like the failure in the two thousand and four World Cup kind of FIFA thing. And right. then, you know, coming back in 2006, taking silver, and then coming back in 2008 once they put Kobe on the team because Kobe, quote, got sick of t sitting at home and watching you guys lose. I mean, you know, it's it's a fascinating kind of insight into that world of the NBA and what it took for the NBA teams to kind of catch back up to the world because the world quickly caught up to the NBA dream team kind of era. Okay. Now, how do the Lakers look without Carmelo Anthony? I think they're missing Carmelo Anthony something fierce. I, I think the Lakers look like absolute trash. Uh, they look pretty good when the starters are out there, but once you get to that sixth man, it goes downhill real quick and in a hurry, Vito. Real quick. And I mean, Patrick Beverly has been absolutely phenomenal. Watching him and Westbrook together has been so I much better than you. I thought it would be. Um, but those two guys can only do so much. Anthony Davis is already being a pussy. Like he already had to sit out a preseason game because his lower back was starting to hurt a little I bit. I can't stand and, him. I mean, I cannot stand him. I hate that guy. I don't like him. He's not a ball player. He has no grit. He has no heart. 
That's why he hasn't done shit till he hooked up with LeBron, and he's not going to win another thing. He don't want to play center. He wants to shoot the three. You're seven foot. Be a monster. Right. You know, when we talk about seven foot monsters, right, you talk about Shaq in the middle. You talk about Kareem in the middle. You talk about Karl Malone being a beast at the power forward. You're talking about Moses Malone. You're talking about Charles Barkley. You're talking about guys who had the grit to get in there and, and kick Anthony Mason. You know, you're talking about Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, Derek Harper, John Starr, all the old Knicks, Dennis Rodman. He has different no, breed of ball player, Vito. He has no heart. I can't stand Anthony Davis. They should ship him out to Houston for friggin' three draft picks and say call it a day. Have you been watching any of the NBA preseason at this point, Vito? I've been catching some, right? I think um Pelicans. How much fun are the New Orleans Pelicans to watch? I think I think they're going to be a team to reckon with. And that kid is in shape. He looks good. He's going to be a beast. I think I could see him and LeBron having a duel. And I could see him coming out on top. Yeah. Yeah. Zion Williamson is a sight to behold when he's healthy and when he's motivated. And he seems to be both. And he seems to be having a lot of fun while he's doing it. Is now, there anybody else that you're watching that you're just like, this is a really fun team to watch? Um, I was hoping to see Lonzo Ball with the Bulls, but he's hurt. Um, I think the Charlotte Hornets can be fun, uh, you know, because we have the other ball brother there. You know, I'm hoping my my Knicks look good. I don't know if you caught any of the Knicks. I've, but... I've watched a little bit of the Knicks, and I – I think my problem with the Knicks, Vito, is they're just boring to watch, right? Like Obi Toppin is, is is doing everything he can. Like the windmill through the legs dunk the other night. Like they need a little bit of showtime to them, right? Like I don't want to watch a free throw clinic back and forth. Uh, the, the offense is so slow and so methodical. They need a little bit of pizzazz. That's what the Knicks are missing. I know it's all about the grit and determination in New York City, and but they need a little bit of pizzazz for me. Right. Well, we are getting to baseball now. See, the people in the back don't know my mythology, and they got to catch up. You know what I mean? Miss Noel is working the controls. She's shooting me notes. You know, I love it. She does a great job back there. But when it comes to the OG of sports, let Big V handle the controls. We are going to baseball. New York Mets, Padres. Been waiting for this, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Probably one of the most disappointing Mets seasons I have endured in a very long time. The reason the expectation was there to advance. In other seasons, there was no expectation. We rode the magic carpet. Okay. We get the San Diego Padres with Fernando Tatis suspended for 80 games for steroid abuse, right? You think they're shorthanded. But lo and behold, they show up. And I think people counted them out. And they handled the Mets. And I got to give it to them. They played beautiful baseball. Juan Soto, right? They paid they, they pay, paying this guy a shit ton of money. They gave up a lot. The guy came through and he won a ball game for them. Or two or three. Okay? That uh, uh, Mosgrove, I think Mosgrove, 
pitched one hell of a money ball play a game in the game three. I know the Mets, a lot of people will say the Mets were Bush, the Mets were this, Buckshaw Walter. It was gamesmanship to try and throw that kid off his game. I don't believe he had anything, but Buckshaw Walter had to do something because the Mets were not hitting nothing. Mr. Jago, what were your thoughts on the Mets series? I was shocked um, because I'm with you. I wrote off the San Diego Padres. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was surprised the Padres even ended up making it to the playoffs, let alone that they stood a chance of of beating the Mets, right? Like, I I just felt like it was a foregone conclusion. Um, And then the Mets end up getting spanked. Um, Is this Mets team back together next year? I know there is some talk about people moving on. What do you think, Vito? Like, do you bring this team back as it is created right now? Because Scherzer, DeGrom, I mean, there's a lot of money going on there. And Scherzer kind of, pardon the pun, hit the bed. All right. Here's how we're going to look at pitching staff. Let's start there. DeGrom wants to opt out of his contract. Is he worth $45 million a year for 64 innings and pitching a half a season? In my heart, I'd like for him to stay Money and business-wise, he can't stay for that kind of money. He's got to go, right? You have the whole bullpen, Edwin Diaz, Octavio, um, the Lugo. They're all free agents. That's a lot of money to tie up, and I think they should keep, keep Edwin Diaz, right? So out of the bullpen, you're redoing the bullpen because I don't know if they're going to re-sign everybody. Let's go to position players. Nemo is a free agent. What do you pay him that he had a banner season? What do you pay him? Well, it kind of depends on what you're going to have to pay him, right? I mean, that, that's the first thing is what are the Mets finances going to look like? And do they want to go into any kind of a luxury kind of area with that roster? Because you can pay him a hell of a lot more if DeGrom's going to bounce out. Yeah, but on the flip side, okay, here's something for all you fans out there. Now, the Mets are looking to get some heavy hitters. Aaron Judge is a free agent. Do the Mets top top oh. the Yankees and pay Aaron Judge and skip on DeGrom? What do you think? I, I, I absolutely expect that Aaron Judge will be back in pinstripes next year. For how much? I'm going to say 380. I was going to say 400. You think they go all the way to four? 10 years, 40 million. That's steep. And I can't even believe we're saying this 40 million to hit 25 homers, 100 RBIs. I mean, even as I'm looking up. Nemo stats here, 264, 347, 429, 10 homers, 36 rabies. And and he's looking projected to get $20 million a year. I like him as a Met. Now, on the flip side of that, Jeff McNeil just won a batting title for the Mets. He's not a free agent yet, but what do you pay him? He's a batting champion. And these Neil's a hitter. All contracts, Vito. It's it's almost like we're not even talking about real money at this point, isn't it? It doesn't seem like it, because you thought when um, 
Reggie Jackson came up and he wanted big money and he wanted the free agency and Catfish Hunter, who had the first free agent contract, you know, in history, you know, to go lucrative like this. I mean, how much can you possibly pay these guys? I, well, I mean, like for me, like the best comparison as far as Nemo goes, like Byron Buxton, right? Byron Buxton got his extension seven years for a hundred million dollars. That seems fairly reasonable. Right. But on, on the other side, uh, Aaron Hicks got seven years, 70 million, and he has shit the bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It, it's not invest? even real money at this point. But how do you do you invest in guys for more than five years? No. Sure I, wish baseball, has- I wish baseball would make the Scottie Pippen rule. Right, like the NBA has the Scottie Pippen rule that says that you can only sign a contract for five years. Right, like the, these baseball deals that are you know ten year deals are just it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think I'd sign anybody to longer than a three year deal if I was a GM. All right, three years. Scherzer probably had the best deal. Three years, one hundred and thirty million. I think he got great deal. Right, good deal. Scherzer. Now, when people say Scherzer shit the bed this year, he held that staff together. All year round, he just he gave ran up out of four gas. home runs in a playoff game. No, I, I get it, I get it. But in order for the Mets to make a hundred win season, he had to be there the whole year. Degrom didn't show up until August. Yeah, that's true. Right, and then you had Carrasco, who was fifteen wins. Uh, Tejon Walker, I think, was twelve to thirteen wins. Who else did they have? Bassett was another thirteen to fifteen wins. Mets have a well-rounded staff. They just don't have the hitters. Remember, the Mets have two 100 RBI guys in Lindor and Alonzo, right? right? They have a batting champion. They had a lot of good bit players. Sterling Marte is a great ball player. Nemo had a great season. You know, where there is third base with Escobar the, the sore spot for them? If that's your sore spot, I think you're doing all right. Okay, now let's turn ourselves to the Yankees Cleveland matchup, guys. I have a feeling Cleveland. It's a trap. I have That's a how feel- I feel about it. It's a trap. I have a feeling Cleveland is going to come out swinging, and with the Yankees now, the Yankees are injured and they do not have all their ball players. That's going to yeah. be something. I, it, it, it's going to be something, and I don't think that something's going to be good. And if the Yankees lose, God help some people out there because I am going to destroy them. <laughs> Not to point anybody out by name, Big Ray. But no, no, that's it. It's just the way it is. And, you know, the chirping, the bell, I'm going to leave this right here. And when, another thing, guys, when you post on Facebook and you're doing – and you put teehee out of that, I lose all respect <laughs> for you. All respect. <laughs> I think that's a good place to kick off men of business this week. Ladies and gentlemen, big Vito LaGrasso. I am your host, Dr. Jargo P H D right here at the big Vito brand, the big V mafia, twitch.tv Vito, anything you want to plug, promote, put over before we get out of here today. Nope. That is, I'm just a happy to have you as my tag team partner, along with Mr. Virtue. We do a great job. Um, he said some nice things yesterday. It's always a pleasure to, to work with you. And I like working with Mr. Virtue. We got a good team. I wish, we could do a lot more shows and we actually, 
you know, we say, okay, we're going to make, make a paycheck for doing this, but we're not at that status. But for all the people watching out there, this is quality stuff. Everything is pretty cool. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe to the channel. Go ahead, Mr. Jago. Take it away. We will talk to you next Tuesday for an all-new edition of Men of Business. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Catch the Big Veto brand on Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern.